Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Just before we go to David Stevens, welcome back, everybody. Second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor. That is Digitex. Eighth consecutive season, Digitex has been the title sponsor of Oilers Now on 630 Chad. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software all right um just saw something out of boston about jack mcgame uh, joe Haggerty hacks with eggs right on a piece about boston college prospect jack mcbain he's currently uh the rights are owned by the minnesota wild uh, it sounds like uh mcbain shortlisted five or six franchises he's from toronto a six foot four center he's a good player and uh word is minnesota's looking for minimum a second round draft choice as uh, they're running out of time here. Now, technically, he could be traded after the trade deadline. He just couldn't play in the playoffs for that team. And whoever gets Jack McBain is going to burn a year in his ELC this year. So, just, eh, something to keep an eye on. Good player. Uh, played for Team Canada at the Olympics. He, he'll be a third line center all day in the NHL, six foot four, 210 pounds. Do you want to mention to you that guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring an night in the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Tell Daphne, Chris, and Brendan that Oilers now sent you. As we will head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. We welcome back to the show. From the Edmonton Journal and the Cult of Hockey, David Staples. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing, man? Uh, not bad. A uh, couple things. You you put some just as an aside. This is a show that's heard throughout Northern Alberta, and I'm I'm flattered that people go online and uh, you know sit there and you know take a look at the the podcast as well. We have solid numbers on the podcast side, um, and I care about. Alberta businesses, and I care about perception of Alberta businesses and Alberta industries. And you tweeted something out today, out of Britain, out of England, uh, that uh, basically, and maybe you can educate our listeners, uh, it has to do with fracking. So can you explain kind of what you put out today? Because I found it pretty interesting. There are allegations, Bob, 
Um, it's known that the Russians have lobbied heavily against fracking in Europe. They've talked about it being uh, extremely environmentally dangerous. They've made all kinds of claims that are completely unsubstantiated about how dangerous fracking is, which is a normal practice in North America, in Alberta, the United States. It's been a huge thing in terms of firing up the natural gas economy of North America, which is one of the biggest ways we've reduced our carbon emissions, replacing coal with uh, natural gas in Alberta and across the United States. Anyway, they didn't do that in Europe, partly because Russia was lobbying so hard and telling the Europeans, like, this is terrible for you, don't do it. And it turns out there's allegations, they seem credible enough, it's always hard to know because financing is opaque. The Russian government funded um, environmental groups in Europe to lobby against fracking. So you had all these well-meaning environmentalists lobbying against fracking, and they, they might not even know the money was coming from Putin, but this is the allegation that's out there. And, and you know, we've had this allegation, and we've had a commission in, in Alberta looking into this, you know, who funded the Green Movement in, um, in Alberta and other places to go against the oil patch. So this is an ongoing issue, and we just can't be naive about it. We have to understand this kind of thing uh, may well be going on. Interesting times, to say the least. Uh, the gar- As you're probably aware of, I quarantined for five days in Chicago. I uh, was one of the last guys standing that didn't get COVID during the two years. Uh, ran, you know, and was never really that sick. Um, and uh, I had to spend an extra six days, so I went down to Bakersfield. It was awesome. We'll get to the hockey in a second here. But it, there's also reports uh, that the feds might be changing the requirements for people traveling back into Canada that are vaccinated, that they will no longer require a negative uh, test. Is this done in part because we've got to start helping the travel industry both in Canada and in the United States, David? Well, they certainly have been lobbying for this, Bob, the airlines and other people in the travel industry. They just need things to get back to normal because it's a huge burden, I guess. Like, I don't travel much, so I I can't speak to this. But for people who travel a lot, this is a huge burden having to get these tests. So, you know, it makes sense if you're you're vaccinated. It also makes – Omicron changed everything, Bob. It's everywhere. Like, you can go from one city to the next. It's just everywhere. So what is the concern about people coming and going from your city when Omicron's everywhere anyway? So I think that's really sunk into people. The vast majority of Canadians who got COVID got it with Omicron. So there's, you know, we just people know more about it. They're less frightened about it generally because they've had it. And, and most, most like you, most people had a mild case. So I think people are just, it's just um, things are changing. We're, we're, you know, I've been hoping the coronavirus would go away for more than like two years now and expecting that to happen. But maybe this time it's, it really is the case that it's going to fade. But we'll, we'll see, though. It's thrown us some bad surprises. We just had Ken Holland on the show in the previous hour. Are you surprised that the Oilers opted to allow Josh Archibald to return, given the fact that he could only play in Canada? Cause so, and, 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 hey, for you anti-vaxxers out there, you'll say, well, why the hell wouldn't they let him come back? But there is a segment that's saying, you know what, he missed so much time, just LTIR for, for the season. The, the reality is he's an effective player. Like, he's a good bottom six player. Give me your thoughts on that. He's a useful player. He can help your team win. Unfortunately, he can only help your team win <laughs> in Edmonton and Calgary. Maybe he could drive out to Vancouver or Winnipeg if he was really hungry and they had a couple of days be- between games. But it's it's hard for him to get around, travel around uh, because of his status. And, um, you know, I-, I heard Mark Spector saying he wouldn't have Archibald on his team. I guess... <sighs> 
I can see this, the, the disruption this causes, but the truth is players come in and out of lineups all the time. It does cause disruption. So I have some time from that point of view. I don't think it's like, I, I think that's, that's a credible point of view. I can see why people hold it. I'm good with him playing. I like what he brings. I think his hitting is important and his penalty killing is important. And in a, in a playoff series, it's going to be against the Canadian team, and he might, if it's against the Canadian team, I should say, he might be able to help the Oilers win a playoff series. That's a pretty big deal. So you want him to get in game shape and be ready for that. So for that reason, I'm I'm open to what they're doing. All right. Uh, Ken Holland also said that in the most likely scenario, they'd look to add on defense. Your thoughts on that? Depends what they add, Bob. Like, they seem to have a lot of de- depth defensemen right now at a certain level. Like, they're all kind of okay in a third-pairing role. So, Chris Russell, William Logason, Philip Broberry, uh, Marcus Niemelein. And there's a whole group of players that that are, you know, they, they're at about the same level. And it's not a, not a great level. And if they can, so if they can improve on that without giving too much, then, then that makes sense. That, that would be a good move. I mean, if they can get someone who actually could, could move up and possibly play in the top four, like Kulikov did last year, um, you know, he didn't hang in there and he didn't excel in the playoffs, but at least it was a realistic possibility if there was an injury in the top four, he could step up there. So if they can get that kind of player with that kind of potential to play in the top four, it makes sense making a move. Uh, you know, Ken Holland often says you can't have enough veteran demon in the playoffs. I think that's proven out just by the number I think of injuries. The team, I think the previous coaching staff made a mistake with Kulikov. I mean, if he's good enough to play for Minnesota, they've been a good team all season long. They're in a bit of a cool patch right now. They're giving up a lot of goals against because Cam Talbot, you know, and and Kockenen haven't played quite as well as they were for earlier in the year. But, like, he, you know, he's playing a top-five role on defense in Minnesota. He should have been playing. I can't believe they healthy scratched him in game four. I was That was a strange move to me, but, you know, that's a a previous coaching regime. And mention it, again, not just the head coach. I mean, Jim Playfair had carte blanche on defense. So there's obviously something he didn't like in Gulagov. I was surprised by that move, David. I got to tell you that, 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 you know, you give up an asset to get the guy, and then you don't even play the guy. It kind of uh, caught me a little off guard. All right, uh, what did you think of the roster moves today? So you know that uh, Tyler Benson's been placed on waivers. Ken Holland has set on orders now. Paul Yarby and Chris Russell back in the lineup tomorrow. Obviously, Broberg will not play. Give me your overall assessment. And, and, and is Mike Smith also starting? That's yeah. It looked like he. Yeah, I, okay. I haven't. I don't. I don't know if Jay's spoken yet downstairs. We're just okay. waiting on that front. Bob, I've been waiting to see a line uh, with Yesipuliarvi, Zach Hyman, and Leon Drysaddle for some time now, and I think I think it could be a, a, quite an eye opener. There are three big skilled guys who can move the puck, cycle the puck, protect the puck. I think they could be a total load and, and really cause a lot of disruption for opposing teams. It's in some ways it's their, like the three players who are best at that particular aspect of the game on the Oilers in terms of you know battling for the puck down low, controlling it, protecting it. I mean McDavid's obviously kind of in his own class, but that could be a great line. So you you also have Kane, Yamamoto, and McDavid, which is looking like a really good, you know, <laughs> unbelievable talent on that line. It's a great line. It's a good line. So these two lines um, could really be significant for the Oilers if they can come together. We've yet to see an Oiler line truly take off this year and dominate game after game after game. But if one of, one or two of these lines can do that, that'll be huge for the team, obviously. Some people might be upset that Ryan McLeod is being moved down the lineup and out of the top six, but I think... Um, 
that's not the way I see it. He's being moved from one crucial position to another crucial position. Third line center is absolutely crucial. He was for this fourth team. line. He was fourth line today. Oh, is it fourth line? Yeah, they kept Shore. They kept Shore with. Uh, well, and I think Shore is a placeholder until Derek Ryan's ready. Plus, Shore had a good game, right, the other night. Shore did have a good game, but uh, you know, I do think that come playoff time, we'll, we may well see McLeod. Um, it, or Nugent spot, Hopkins. Yeah. We don't. We don't know where Nugent Hopkins is going to play. So there's lo- there's all kinds of options. I don't mind McLeod at center. It, he he's going to get uh, Woodcroft trusts that player. I think when when it's game time, we're going to see a lot of Ryan McLeod in the next game because he's been playing well and he's a good hockey player. He's playing with a lot of confidence, which kind of defines the. The Woodcroft Oilers, I think, is confidence. Well, and that's um, that's what I want to ask you here. Are we? Are, is Edmonton rounding in a form here, David? Bob, like, what are the numbers? The numbers that you do on the scoring chances for and against? I mean, I, I, you know, I know that I on all yesterday's show, I said I expected Edmonton to have a good start because Jay's teams in Bakersfield had good starts. You know, you put up twenty against Washington, nineteen against Tampa Bay, seventeen last night against Detroit. Those are good starts, you know. Four-one up against the Red Wings, scoreless only because Samsonov stood on his head against the Caps. One nothing against Tampa. Get nineteen shots on goal, and Elliott stood on his head. And the Oilers hit a bunch of posts. Are we starting to see a team build their identity a bit here under Woodcroft? I think we are, and and um, you know, last week I was on the show, and you're asking what you, you know what should the Oilers do at the trade deadline, and I was I, I felt I was I was still thinking the Oilers can win in the playoffs, and I felt kind of silly because you know. The orders have been so up and down this year, but I, I see the talent on this team. And, and then it suddenly, uh, out of nowhere, suddenly, two games in a row against Washington and Tampa, Bob, they played A-plus hockey. They played their best games of the year, uh, or two of their best games of the year. They've had about they've had about uh, six or seven or eight games where they've ha- had 10 more grade-A shots than the other team in a game. That's real domination. And they had two of those games in a row for the first time this year against Washington and Tampa Bay. So now you could say those two teams are tired and they're on the road and there's all kinds of things, but nonetheless, that's an impressive accomplishment for the Oilers. And the way they did it, I think, was was this kind of confident, attacking hockey, super aggressive, direct hockey, both direct on the power play and at even strength, going to the net in a way that we haven't seen, confidently uh, attacking in a way that we haven't seen. So it looks like, and it's, you know, we can't see... I can't see inside their heads to say, well, this this player is feeling more confident than he did in the past. But that's how it looks to me. Players look like they're playing with a you know a green light to create on the attack and really go for it on the attack. And we had two dominant games in a row that that carried over into the first five minutes of the game against Detroit. And and then things went a little bit haywire. That was one of the weirdest games of the year. Like all kinds of weird goals were scored. Right. Nonetheless, the the first five minutes, the Oilers kept that up and dominated to get the three nothing lead. And then you know, then things just went a little bit wonky, which can happen when you get a three nothing lead early in a game like that. But those first five minutes against Detroit were absolutely electric. We saw again the same uh, A plus even strength game from the Oilers. It's the first time, really, at even strength that they've been so dominant. And to have that happen against those two great teams, I just it's, it was very encouraging. David, I'm going to put you on the spot. Final question. Uh, David Sables from the Cult of Hockey. And it, it has to do with how you approach things because you've got a following. 
and you're a blogger. You're not down there every day. You're relying upon the quotes that come from and possible perspectives and angles that come sometimes from the media availability. Do you have to be careful in terms of how you approach that? I mean, uh, you've got several beat writers, a couple of others, I think two or three beat writers from Post Media. You're with Post Media. Your your webs, you know, the cult of hockey is a popular. I read Kurt Levin's every Sunday morning. Uh, Bruce writes some interesting stuff as well. Uh, how 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 tricky is it, and is it a slippery slope at times for you, uh, given the fact that you are a writer with Post Media, but covering something completely different, but you're blogging on the Edmonton Oilers? How do you sort of weigh the decisions when to enter the fray and not to enter the fray? Well, what we try to do is comment on every piece of news about the Oilers. And, I mean, I think that's fairly, you know, that's what you do. That's what everybody does. They, you know, the difference is you generate news. We don't. At the Cult of Hockey, we're purely analysts and we're commenting on it as it comes in. So what we try to do is be aware that everyone we're writing about is a human being here. And we write about the performance, not the person. We try to assess their play, yep. not their not their personality. And in, like yesterday, a couple of the media people were upset because of a headline that I wrote. Um, shots fired, shot fired, uh, Koskinen blasts media, and then the quote from Koskinen. And, you know, from their point of view, that was too hyperbolic. So, fair comment. You know, mm-hmm. that's fair. I thought it was a shot. I thought, here's mild manner Koskinen saying this, you know, that they're making stuff up. Um, that struck me as a shot. And, and it didn't occur to me that that might upset people. But it, sometimes that's how it happens. You have a blind spot that some people might have a sensitivity and... Um, there you go. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, that's why I try to block as minimal amount of people, David, as, as possible on Twitter because 98% of the people that engage, 99%, generally speaking, are fairly good humored. And I don't mind guys poking a little bit of fun at my, at my expense once in a while. And it's, it's only the guys that have got, like, really sort of disgusting Twitter handles or, you know, <laughs> porn bots or whatever that follow you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're not following me, too. That's, all right. Hey, uh, how do people follow you, David? Uh, at D Staples on Twitter. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, Frank Cervelli has just tweeted out. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Uncle Milt telling me uh, he's got to have a COVID test for tomorrow to come back to Edmonton. He's having a difficult time finding a place that'll do it anymore, which uh, shows you. But uh, Cervelli just tweeted out the story here on the changing rules in Canada. Uh, that will allow people to fly in without a test. But I, I, I think the rule is still in place for the U.S. that to fly into their country, you have to have a test. And the irony, of course, is Canada has a way higher vaccination rate than the United States. So yeah. we'll wait and see if that changes here at some point. And it's only for vaccinated people that that applies. If you're unvaccinated, I still don't think that right. you can't fly. You can't fly. All right, yeah. there we go. It's a no-fly zone, David. Thanks for joining us on Letters Now. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. You've at 123 at Edmonton. Uh, we will take a quick time out. I'm going to get to some of your texts when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Ken Holland saying the Oilers need to get Mike Smith up and running. Looks like he starts tomorrow against Buffalo. Japanese Village open to serve you to any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. 
And a reminder that cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are now 11-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. It's a tremendous honor for the staff, Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang, dedicated to ensuring your customer experience is outstanding. Reach out to Brent Ridge Ford, 1-877-477-FORD. That's 1-877-477-3673. Or visit BrentRidge.com for more information. Again, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Uh, this one comes in. Bob, if it was me in the driver's seat for the Oilers, I'd try and trade Josh Archibald to the Ducks for Delorier. That one comes to us from AJ. Well, you'd be including a second or third round pick in that. I'm going to tell you that right now. And maybe try to get them to send you back a, a fifth or sixth round pick. That's what Toronto has done. Toronto, when they've moved first and second round picks, they've found a way to get sixes and sevens because you still get a pick to take a swing when you do that. So if they're giving up an asset that high, and that's it's an interesting concept. Um, I don't, hey, I mean, Delorier is a left wing. He can kill penalties. He's certainly tough. And for the listeners out there that are worried about a matchup potentially against Vegas or Calgary, given the heaviness of those rosters when they're healthy, Calgary's been healthy all year, it's fair. It's fair you see it that way. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When I come back, I'll have John Shannon with me. I just got to go downstairs and go get him. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.